Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to episode 24 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am the odd one, Sam with Fowler Consulting. That's because I do even, you do odd. And in this episode, we're going to review the year that has been this podcast. That's right. We have hit the year mark. So we figure we'll look back and talk about our favorite guest moments and our favorite books. We might also do some actual Let's Talk training and a couple segments, maybe like Taken, where we're going, where we've been, if we're on the road again, if we're not, if Sam is driving to California for the 16th time in 13 weeks. We will discuss all of these things and more on this podcast. How are you doing, Sam? Drew, I'm doing fantastic. That was uh, an absolute wonderful introduction. And I'm going to give that uh, the official Sammy. That's a new award that just came out two seconds ago. I'm going to give you the Sammy for best intro in a pre-recorded podcast for the year 2021. I, I greatly appreciate that. That was um, what I was trying for. I wasn't going for what I normally do. I was going straight for the result this time. Nice. I love it a lot. Hey, listen, uh, speaking of 2021, um, let's hit our first segment and uh, hear from Johnny Cash. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. So, Drew, in 2021, uh, you know, in a nutshell, where you been? You know, Sam, when I look back, I did a lot of time in Virginia and Ohio. I know you were doing some cross-country work. I was in Virginia quite a bit. I actually had seven different trips to Virginia and then six to Ohio. So um, it's a lot of the Blue Ridge Mountains for me, actually. So yeah, it's been, uh, it was a good year. Nice. It was odd traveling in this whole pandemic thing. Don't you, don't you agree? Yeah, it was odd. In fact, as of this taping, which uh, it's December 27th, uh, when we're taping this, I don't think I've been on an airplane in over two years. I have been putting a couple of miles on the vehicles that uh, I'm owning for less and less time because of the number of miles. But yeah, as you as you mentioned in the intro, I've made a couple of cross country jaunts to California, and uh, I too spent a bunch of time in Ohio. Man, we love our Ohio clients. Thank you so much. Hope to see more of you this year. Spent a little bit of time in Kentucky. And uh, I think we both had a trip out to the East Coast and had some lobster in Maine. So we did have some Maine lobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk training for just a bit. Tom, take it away. Sam, for our listeners that have been with us from the beginning, they know that we usually have some kind of topic here and I'm going to pull back the curtain and show the wizard of Oz for a moment. We actually script out at least a thought. And in this episode, we have scripted no thought flying without a net. 
and and that's because I actually don't want to talk about 2021 in this let's talk training. I want to talk about 2022. And Sam, for me, 22 is the year of people. I like it. It is the people plan. I just want to, and it's not even about training or even developing your team. Like, I just want to talk about the people plan. I don't understand you, you, what you measure gets done and we're not measuring people. I don't know if you're seeing something different, but I don't see folks measuring turnover or number of interviews that become hires or applications that become interviews that become hires or doing exit survey, exit interviews or doing stay interviews. I know of one client, Chris Slater, shout out to you for doing the quarterly employee engagement survey. 2022, I want to help clients develop and flesh out their people plan. Yeah. And, you know, I think in their defense, Drew, um, it's been a rough couple of years. And I think we're seeing a lot of food service folks in general, not just Domino's Pizza folks. They're very defensive right now. And when I say defensive, I don't, I don't mean that like it sounded, but I mean, they're on the defensive. They're just trying oh, to yeah. do whatever they can to survive. I love what you're doing here with 2022 being the year of people. We've got to get off the defensive and get on the uh, offensive. For those who've been with us from the beginning, you know, Drew and I both love the sports analogies and they say defense wins championships, but you can't win anything if you don't score any points and you're not going to score any points if you don't get on the offensive. So if you don't have the team you want now, it's time for you to get on the offensive. It's time to stop saying that they're not out there. It's time to stop saying that there's no good workers and it's time to go out and start finding the workers that you need. And it's time to start building the culture that you want in your store. And it's time to start keeping track of doing everything you can on a weekly basis. And what I would say is, you know, Drew, you've heard the old saying, how do you eat an elephant? I believe the phrase is all at once. Nope. It's one bite at a no, time, my not. friend. So if oh, you're oh looking, my bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you're looking at your schedule right now and you need 20 drivers to get to a full schedule, don't try to hire 20 this week because that's not going to happen. Let's take this one chunk at a time and get an action plan to hire one driver this week. Something that you can accomplish, something that you can celebrate at the end of the week and give yourself that fuel that you need to move on. So as we're sitting here talking training and we're talking about 2022 being the year of people, let's start setting some goals for ourselves, some attainable goals and chunk this down into pieces so that you can get to the end of 2022 and start looking at some other things for 2023 that are more results orientated. I'm sure we're going to talk about squawk later and full-fledged expectations when we talk about books that had an impact on us. And Sam, I'm going to call you out on hiring a driver. I don't think that's a fully fledged expectation because our listeners, I'm sure, have had that driver apply. I know I did years ago. Sam, I guarantee you did years ago. They apply. I need 40 hours a week. Great. When can you work? Uh, one to three, Tuesdays and Saturdays. Let me jump in there for just a second. Uh, I'd like to plead guilty. I, I don't want you to hire a driver. I want you to look at your schedule today. And I want you to look at your reports and pull when you're not running the service your customers expect you to run and hire for that shift and be, be that specific. I'm looking for a, a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, lunch driver. I'm looking for a uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, closing driver. Be that specific because that's who you want. 
You don't want the person to work on Tuesday when you need them to work on Saturday and Sunday. So, so tell the people that are applying who it is you're looking for and they will fill in the gap. It's amazing when you're specific, they have no problem working the hours you're looking for. If you're vague, they will never work the hours you need. What I hear you saying is you want some full-fledged expectations, not only for your team members, but for yourself on exactly what it is you're trying to accomplish this, this week. Correct. Dang, that's good stuff. I like that. Anything else to add to the year of people 2022? Well, Sam, I guess what I would add is if you are unsure of your people plan or if you don't have a people plan or if any of the pieces I've started to mention don't exist in your franchise, oh my gosh, reach out to Sam, reach out to me and we'll help you add in the parts to fully fledge your people plan. Because I, that's for me, that's what 2021 did is it shown a giant spotlight on any people deficiency we had because those that had that, that good culture in their store kept their people. Um, shout out. I'll, I'll shout out to Kevin Shaw when he and I were talking about our year end review uh, a week or two ago. And he, he said that and he's like, Drew, I, I didn't have the people problem. Everybody else had, well, no kidding, Kevin, because you have a great culture in your store and everybody from you down to that driver knows why they show up to work every day. And it doesn't work that way in every location. So start there, like look at yourself, look at your store and the parts that are missing, they matter. And you can see them clearly. And if you want to blame it on COVID or the great resignation or inflation or your governor increased minimum wage, you can, and it's not going to help your problem. Turn to what you're doing, turn to what's going on in your store and start your own personal people plan today. Yeah, I love what you said there last. There is absolutely no shortage of legitimate reasons why things could go wrong. The difference between folks that are going to be successful and folks that uh, are going to be less successful are the ones that are going to look at those things that are not in their control and deal with them. And they're going to take the things that are in their control and they're going to own them. And that's the key. All right. So with that said, let's head to an ad from one of our fabulous sponsors. This year, we've done a few virtual training events. I think we could do something for 2022 as well. How about we do them quarterly next year? That is a great idea. We'll do one in February, one in May, one in August, and one in November. I'm thinking 49 bucks a piece again. What do you think? I like that, but I want to do something special for our listeners. How about we do a season pass for just 150 bucks? That's right. Basically, buy three, get one free. Dang, that is a heck of a deal. I like it. I'm in. Count me in. Dates and specific topics we'll deal with as we get closer to each virtual training event because we know stuff changes out in the wild and we don't want to step on any other, I don't know, podcasts, webinars, or calls. How about you, Sam? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Listen, as soon as this podcast is over, go to trainwithbty.com and buy as many of them as you'd like for 2022 or the smart money is buying the season pass. I like that. The season pass for 150 bucks gets you access to all four of the virtual training events at trainwithbty.com. Holy cow. Uh, you're... 2022, the year of people. And I think one of the best things they could do to help the people they've already got, which you so eloquently said, the key to retention is keeping the ones you got, is to continue to develop them. And what a better way to develop them is there other than 
come into one of those virtual training events or heck, all four. And Sam, because of our own travel issues, I think we know what the virtual training event number one is going to be. Coaching and training, isn't it? Coaching and training, virtual training event number one, practically done as we record this. I can't wait to get that out and uh, see many happy internet faces on our screens as we do, as we deliver that one. True, true, true. So for this episode, we talked in the beginning that we're not going to actually review a new book. We're going to look back on the books that mattered. So with that said, let's uh, head to the twilight zone and hear from my friend Burgess Meredith. Books, books, all the books I'll need, all the books, all the books I'll ever want. So Drew, as I look back at our list of books from 2021, first of all, as we said early on, neither one of us are voracious readers. I think I've read more books in the last 12 months than I've read in the last 12 years. And for this kind of special episode, wrapping up 2021 and choosing the most impactful book, man, I'm having a hard time because there's, there's quite a list here. How about you? I, I agree. 12 years is probably being nice. I, I mean, I've read a couple fiction books along the way in the last 12 years, but we have cranked through some books this year. Um, some of them are easily forgettable. Uh, there was the 60 page internet purchase that we made on a whim at like 10 o'clock at night. That, that book is easily forgettable, but many of them are not. I know I've picked a couple duds. I know you and I don't go for the deep manual books. So like, like one of them, um, I think helping was one I picked because, because I thought it would work and oh my gosh, I think both of us bailed out most halfway through that one. I can't pick one impactful book though, Sam. So let's do this. Let's do our top three. I'm a huge fan of top three. Because I can get to top three and we'll uh, in, in no particular order, I'll start with one. You go with one. I'll add another. You add another. And um, if we overlap, we overlap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound good? Works for me. All right. So uh, in, in my top three, in no particular order, the first one I'm going to choose is one that we seem to go back to over and over and over again. And as you hear in some of the clips from our, our favorite parts of interviews from the last year. I'm going to go with the energy bus thought that was a very easy read, a really good message and the power of positive thought. And uh, it just, just really struck me. I think uh, that is a must read for any one of our listeners. Again, that's the energy bus by John Gordon. Episode one, first book, energy bus, your pick, great pick. Uh, I had that in my top three as well, because it, Every book we read that talks about mindset, talks about positivity being the first part to being a leader, that negative leaders generate negative energy and, and create tension amongst the team that's not needed. And the energy bus explains how to bring that positive energy. Uh, I would totally agree with that as a top three pick. And, you know, in the spirit of our last episode, and we're talking to Bacon, and he said to give all credit to your people. I think it's important that when we talk about the energy bus, even before the podcast started, one of my clients down in Illinois, Nick Birch, handed me the book and he said, man, you got to read this book. So Nick, again, thanks for putting that book in front of us. Uh, both Drew and I are putting that in our top three of 2021. So thanks for that. All right, moving on. My second book, I am going to go with, I'm looking at the list here. 
And man, even top three is tough. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go with um, one that's no longer in print and you've got to buy it used. But again, it's a fable. I love the message and I'm going to go with Squawk. Nice. I like Squawk as well. Full-fledged expectations. Yeah. Pause on performance and communication that clicks. Just really important things if you want to be a great leader. So um, so I've got Squawk in there in my top three. All right, Drew, you're up. I'm going to go with a recent one and I'm going to do The Ideal Team Player. There is just something about that book that talks about stay humble, stay hungry, be smart, people smart. It helps dial you in especially as we're trying to bring on and double our teams and bring on all these people, you got to know who you're looking for. And that book sets up everything you need to hire the right team. Yeah. I thought that was a great read as well. And uh, if I recall, that may have been one in a series from our newest bestest buddy who we do want to get on the pad podcast, uh, Patrick Lencioni. Patrick Lencioni. I am, I am working that. In fact, once we're done with this, I am actually doing the email and call to his COO to try and schedule that interview. So we'll see what happens. Nice. Nice. That is fantastic. And you know, I think it's fair to say now that we can say that we've had New York times bestsellers on the podcast before. So um, he could go down that trail that's already been blazed. Yes. All right. To round out my top three, uh, I think I would be not doing myself any favors if I didn't, but what is the obvious choice for me? And that's uh, the book by John U. Bacon, Let Them Lead. Uh, I loved the story. It was not a fable. It was just a fantastic story of leadership, taking a team that was as low as a team could possibly be, taking them to almost the pinnacle of their sport. Uh, just incredible messages of leadership. And I think the other thing that I really like the book is it turned me on to more of his stuff that he's done, including the podcast, Let Them Lead, that I suggest all our listeners go to and listen to because he talks to great leaders and there's just amazing lessons to be learned in each and every one of those. And so for me, rounding out my top three of 2021 is Let Them Lead by John U. Bacon. How about you, Drew? I was a huge fan of that book. We've done so many. I don't want to repeat other than the energy bus. So I was really hoping you would take the bacon book because that needed to go on the list. And, and I could have given up one of mine for that. So I, I appreciate you doing that for me and stepping in for me. My, my third book would be hundred um, percenters. I talk about hard goals all the time and, and setting that, that aspirational moment. And, and that hundred percenters for me is, is what, we typically want out of people and sometimes we don't want to give. So it's one of those books that sets up how to, to get the most out of your team while giving them the most of you. And how do you not want to sign up for that? Wow. What a fantastic list of books we've got there. All right. I think with that, Sam, uh, we can uh, get to a little Liam. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Anything you've taken from the stores recently, Sam? I'm going to say what I've taken from the stores and, you know, more vaguely from 2021 is that the team members that you've got right now and you, if you're listening, you're simply amazing beyond words. 
what you've gone through over the last two years with this pandemic and the different way that we're doing business now has been unbelievable to me. And I've been in and around this brand for nearly four decades. And the people that I see taking, making, and baking today are as good as any I've ever seen. And I couldn't be more proud to be associated with this brand in the small little way that Drew and I are by doing this podcast and getting the opportunity to help team members with their development with our consulting careers. And I just want to say what I've taken from 2021 is the amazing resilience, the hard work, and the dedication of all of the Domino's Pizza team members out there in the pizza world. How about you, Drew? What have you taken from 2021? That was well said, Sam. That was nice. It was almost like you had that scripted and, and you didn't. That was, that was very heartfelt. That's nice. I, I have to agree with the sentiment. Um, the folks that have stuck around and stuck through this, you guys are amazing. Um, for those of you that came on halfway through, good on you. You decide to step up and jump into something when all of this is going on. And I take it to, to the next spot, which is if you've made it through this, everything else will be easy. This is just about as bad as it can get, barring like natural disaster, Hurricane Katrina, when Glenn Mueller talked about that, or, or some injury or accident to a team member. Like, like this, is, this is rough. You guys made it through, which means you can get through anything. You just got to want to. So I, I completely agree with the sentiment, Sam, that, that those in the stores, those doing this day to day, um, those making, baking and taking are, are truly, truly today's hero. All right. Thanks for that, Drew. Let's jump into an ad. My guess is this ad is, hang on, uh, probably going to be for virtual training events in 2022. This year, we've done a few virtual training events. I think we could do something for 2022 as well. How about we do them quarterly next year? That is a great idea. We'll do one in February, one in May, one in August, and one in November. I'm thinking 49 bucks a piece again. What do you think? I like that, but I want to do something special for our listeners. How about we do a season pass for just 150 bucks? That's right. Basically, buy three, get one free. Dang, that is a heck of a deal. I like it. I'm in. Count me in. Dates and specific topics we'll deal with as we get closer to each virtual training event because we know stuff changes out in the wild and we don't want to step on any other, I don't know, podcasts, webinars, or calls. How about you, Sam? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Listen, as soon as this podcast is over, go to trainwithbty.com and buy as many of them as you'd like for 2022, or the smart money is buying the season pass. I like that. The season pass for 150 bucks gets you access to all four of the virtual training events at trainwithbty.com. All right, Mary listeners, as Sam mentioned in the beginning, we are not interviewing anyone. We do not have a guest this, this podcast. No, no. We are going to go back through our favorite moments. And we've had some awesome guests. And Sam and I went back through and listened to them and, and pulled a couple clips. So what we're going to do is talk about a clip or two and then, and then play a few for you. Um, not saying that you shouldn't go back and listen to the entire thing. because, for instance. How long did we talk to Don May, Sam? Almost an hour and a half. Yeah. Right. So, so we're going to play for you maybe four minutes of Don. You should go back and listen to the whole hour or plus. Patrick, Dave, Luann, 
Kevin, Anthony. Oh my gosh, so many great guests. So we're just pulling a couple pieces from each of them. And Sam, I'm going to let you go first because I actually have broken mine into two kind of themes. And I'm going to let you go first and then I'll get into my two themes. Sounds great. Uh, in episode one, we talked to Kevin Shaw, 34 years in the business. He's got 17 stores. At the time that we talked to him, he had five gold Frannies. And as of the recording now, he has six. Kevin talked to us about the power and importance of positive energy. Sam and I did a book review, The Energy Bus by John Gordon, and it talks about finding that positive energy. Uh, as a franchisee, I, I found that you have some positive energy, Kevin. Um, can you tell us how positive energy ties into how you do business? Yeah, I mean, to me, everything starts there. You know, you, you, you got to wake up. And, and you got to find the positive in everything. And, and we really try to do that. We try to drive from that place. I, I think that's that's where the foundation of any success starts is with a positive attitude and positive energy. For your franchise, you have a, a company culture, a vision kind of thing. Is positive energy part of that? It is. Absolutely. It is a foundation of, of our core values that we practice daily. Nice. Kevin, when, in the, let me jump in there for just a second, if I could, Drew. Kevin, when you say you practice those every day, you know, somebody from the outside looking at Kevin Shaw and he's got all these stores and he always seems happy. I mean, do you wake up every single day with no problems and and this positive energy just comes naturally? Or is it something that you've got to consciously think about and make sure that you're leading your team by the example that you want them to be yeah. putting in front of their customers? Yeah, great point. No, we have lots of problems. We have lots of things we work on. We have lots of challenges and obstacles. And I think what helps you get past those challenges and obstacles is going at them with a positive attitude and with positive energy. And honestly, kind of passion ties in very closely there. And so every day I, I try to find the positive that, that we are uh, performing in and use that energy to maybe turn some of those challenges and obstacles into a positive or at least knock them out of the way. That's great. It sounds like you spend a lot of time feeding that positive dog, as John Gordon would say in the book. In episode two, we talked to Eric Arntzen. Eric, amazingly, has doubled his store count since we talked to him a year ago. Doubled, which is awesome. And he talked a lot about perseverance and grit when we talked to him then. Every above store position a company would have, that was me. It wasn't the easiest, but I definitely learned a lot about survival through those years. And uh, 2014 is when I started to grow again. And I've opened or I've, I've gone from five locations to 14 locations, one at a time from 2014 to just last week when we opened store number 14 in Battle you know, when you talk about just opening a store last week in Battle Creek, I, I remember I was fortunate enough to be part of the opening team for the Marshall store. And, you know, I, I think in my career as a consultant, I probably opened five or six stores. And when we opened that Marshall store, you know, I, I got to tell the listeners, I've never seen a first seven days go more smoothly. What would you attribute the amount of customer service that your team delivered that week and the quality of product. And, and how did you make all that happen? Obviously it, it is just the team that we put together for that week. We realized that, you know, we only had one opportunity to open 
a new store, right? So you have to, you have to give as best, best service as you possibly can. And, you know, we had a pretty lofty sales goal, just missed it. I mean, we were still very, very high volume. You know, I think we ended up the week at a four minute load time, 22 minute ABT, but it was through, I mean, constant preparation, constant communication, and then just coupled with a whole bunch of grit, perseverance, resiliency, stamina, the, the things that, you know, that you need to be able to plow through those insane dinner rushes. I was thinking about this the other day, you know, and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of morphed over time too. Right. I mean, cause the leader of a decade ago in a store is a little bit different than today because of 2020 going, going through all those, all those difficult challenges. But, you know, if I was going to make my list, I'd probably say grit, you know, perseverance, you know, honesty, integrity, of course, you know, stamina, just to be able to get through those really tough times, you know, the rough patch of a delivery driver, you know, car breaking down, you know, a snowstorm coming in on your day off, you know, just the ability to step up and actually get in there and, you know, get the work done. But I would say right now, after going through 2020, you know, the most important thing that I would look in a leader would be effective communication because without that, you know, uh, the store can fall apart in a hot second. In episode three, we talked to two-time National Manager of the Year, Luann Saunders Dillinger. Since then, she is now the current three-time National Manager of the Year. Luann talked to us about a lot of things, but mostly what we took from it was the importance of the entire team being involved and being on the same page. And if your crew is excited, I, I'm going to guess that's because they're involved in everything in the store. Is that fair? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they all they all like to know where we're at, especially like on ADT and, you know, our numbers. They see where our ranking is and everything like that. You mentioned your daughter's work for you. You're telling your crew about ADT and all the numbers. So I'm going to take it that you involve them in everything about the store, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, we've I've got a uh, list in the office that shows our uh, updated every Sunday night is for year to date. Once I got it in 2018, I had those numbers up and I kept track with it in 2019. Every day I'd update it and people would look at it, but they were always asking, you know, where I let them know where we're at for the week. And uh, cause they would see where we'd finish. And, you know, especially uh, my girls at lunch, they're like, Hey, we stayed at top, you know, in our DMA and everything. And I was like, okay, good. Cause if you keep, you know, you, You've got to, if you start good, that gives you a little bit of leeway for in the evening because you always have people call out sometimes or, you know, car problems or anything like that. And that way it gives you a little bit of, you don't get down there too bad. Hard to run uh, perfect service if your first delivery isn't perfect. That's right. In episode four, we got to speak to Anthony Satterwhite of the Ohio group. As Sam and I have talked, we were in Ohio a lot. And Anthony talked to us about two separate pieces. One is finding the best and not reinventing the wheel. And then two, finding folks that are raw, ready, able, and willing. What would be the first thing you were looking for in me to join your team? So I say all the time, I like to look for raw. Somebody that's ready, able, and willing. You know, do they have the right attitude? Do they have the positive approach to the business? I can teach them the skills, but I really can't teach them the attitude that they need to be successful. And a couple times you've mentioned how you've gone to see other franchisees or see how other people have done things. Why is that important to you? 
I like to go and um, learn from other people. You know, we've been around for a long time. This brand has existed. And I try not to reinvent the wheel. I hear when people are doing things well. And I try to seek them out and go learn from what they've done and come back and apply that to what I'm doing. So what I think I hear you saying is even though you've had huge success, you still look outside of your own knowledge base to find folks that are doing things very well. Yes, it allows me to kind of shortcut the process a little bit by learning from their experiences and going ahead and skipping some of those steps that they already had. In episode six, we talked to Cassie Garrity from Midland, Texas. It turns out that when you get through and muddle through the non-training piece where you can actually physically handle the job, then you're going to love it. And uh, that's kind of what happened with me, just continuously learning and trial by error and trying to muddle through. And that's what I did. I think that's some of the strongest people out there, the ones that had to go through the tough times. People think success just means you're always just good at what you do. And it turns out you've got to have failure if you're going to make success happen. So I've seen my share of that and made it through. I didn't give up. That was the big thing. I just don't quit. I wasn't raised to quit. It takes years, years to gain trust of your community. And it takes every customer one at a time, every single driver, every single management person, CSR, taking care of your people year after year after year. So when you hit those tough spots, they're going to be there for you. And we didn't have that in Tucson. So while we were suffering there, what we had done here worked for us and held us up, propped us up basically until we were able to recover over in the Tucson market. So literally the biggest thing I can say for anybody, whether you're a franchisee or a store owner, every single customer, every single catered sale, every single anything matters. And you need to take it that way and never just blow off anybody, a customer. In our next episode, we had the pleasure of sitting down with Domino's Pizza Enterprises CEO, Don May. Don's been with the business for 34 years. He's got over 3,000 stores now that he oversees. We covered a lot of ground with Don, but mostly he told us the importance of a leader through a story about mopping the floors at his first job. On your Facebook page a couple of weeks back, you posted about your first job packing down fruit on Saturdays and how that taught you so much about retail and purchasing behavior. Do you happen to remember who your first boss was? And did you learn anything about leadership from your first boss while you're packing fruit on Saturdays? It's really funny. My first boss, his name is Mr. Deli Watkins, and he's still a customer of my eventual first franchise. And it was so funny when when I was working part-time in the pizza business and then also working, which was a year or two after, you know, doing the fruit and veg section of, of a supermarket chain, biggest supermarket chain in Australia at that time. Um, I eventually became the Saturday shift manager. And in those days we closed on Sunday. So my job was to look at the fruit and the fruit that potentially would not make it Monday should had to be sold. And if it had to be sold, it better gets even a penny for something than nothing, right? Because it's a waste to throw it away. So trying to learn all how, you know, you sell the customers, you know, how do you get rid of these bananas and grapes that we're not going to make it to Monday and what was the real price? And my job was to leverage up. But if I go back to that first boss, it was really funny because his view was the supermarkets were going to be doing pizza, fresh made pizza. And why would I go in the pizza business? You know, it's not going to survive. And that uh, supermarkets were going to take it out. And he's, he's, he's today a big fan and it's amazing. And it's like, I don't know how many years ago that was now, 38 years ago. He taught me how to mop a floor. He watched me, you know, mopping a floor, dragging the mop over the floor. And he taught me the spin technique and how you settle a mop on and how it sucks up. And and I remember shooting videos for our, our managers about how to mop floors. 
because there is a right way and a wrong way to mop floors. And uh, yes, there is. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, and he, he, he the, you know, this, this was the store manager of a big supermarket walking down and his, his suit and tie, which was what they wore as supermarket managers in those days, and teaching me how to mop a floor. So nothing was beyond management. And that's still something also that, that I retain today, that never ask a manager to do something you wouldn't be able to do yourself. In the second part of our interview with Don, we talked about, well, the time is the enemy of food. And I got to be honest, it's amazing how he called our current state of affairs as well. We shot a documentary in the Netherlands where they were shooting to go under five minutes and, and we were all there and they, they did it in three minutes, 36. Oh my. And then since then, there's now a Japanese store that's done an average delivery time for the whole week of two minutes and 37, I think it is, or 39, I forget the exact time. And the benefit of those records is every time we did those records is we were learning about what were the behaviors and then how do you automate those behaviors. One of the behaviors, for example, is when a store's going for a world record, it would call every single customer as the order was leaving the store to say, hey, look, we're going to be there and then quote a time because the GPS would tell us the time. Please meet us out the front because then we would save time you know, at the door. Well, we now have a thing called call on arrival, which means rather than just a push notification, believe it or not, a physical phone call actually is more active for the customer and drawing them out of their home. So call on arrival is still in its, its early phases, but the whole idea is to save about another minute at the door. You know, there's all these little mini projects that are going on, but I, I really challenge if I was a manager, obsess about getting the time is the enemy of food. You've got to obsess about getting it from the oven and on the road, you know, and I'd also challenge people to think about their delivery areas, you know, that in, in the age of delivery, our obsession today is have delivery areas under five minutes. And we don't talk distance anymore because distance, you know, isn't, isn't the name of the game. It's, it's time. And, and so, you know, try to, try to make sure you've got, you're doing fortressing, obsess about that. We're in, we're in an efficiency war in this next decade. You know, there's not enough human beings to deliver the number of packages that need to be delivered. And all inefficiency gets passed back to the customer in bad quality or, or, or high, higher prices. You know, you've, you'll have a franchisee or manager lifting their prices because they're saying, well, I need to make money. And well, you're just passing on your inefficiency. You, you, you should try to be – the winners of the pizza war in the next decade are going to be the most efficient. You need to do more deliveries per hour than anybody else so that you can pay more per hour because guess what? You're going to have to pay more per hour in the coming decade. And McDonald's is going to business, KFC, then, you know, they're going to build their own delivery fleets. We're seeing that in places like Australia or South Korea. That's the real competition. Aggregators are not the competition. It's the big, big QSR delivering and doing it professionally, full uniformed, full, you know, delivery trained team members. That's real competition. And, and, and so when we're in that war, it's an efficiency war of those who can have the best drivers, well-trained, good image, and doing more deliveries per hour than anybody else. That's how you win in this next decade. In our next episode, we started going down this entire CEO path. We had the chance to sit in with former CEO, Dave Brandon, and he talked to us about his observations of extraordinary accomplishments. Sam and I joke about being giddy over talking with folks like you and Don May. Is there somebody that you've met that you were just in awe of like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm talking with so-and-so through all of your travels? You know, I've been really blessed to have, been, have an opportunity to meet a lot of really pretty amazing folks. You know, I've been able to visit with presidents. I've been able to visit with some titans of industry, right? People who have run companies that, you know, are a hundred times larger than Domino's. You know, I got to spend time with Jack Welch when he was doing amazing things at General Electric. My observation is 
they're all just very normal people. In many cases, they're all very ordinary people who accomplish extraordinary things. In part two, I asked him about life as a CEO, and it's amazing how it, a CEO can be running a company, running an area, running a franchise, or running a store. My experience is one of the most interesting things about being a CEO is that there are no two days alike. It's not like a lot of other jobs where you get into a routine. Typically, small problems or small issues get taken care of by all the wonderful people that you hire and put around you. Even sometimes middle problems and middle-sized issues get taken care of very talented people that you surround yourself with. Uh, your, your life as a CEO tends to focus on the big issues, the big problems, the big challenges. And those by their nature are not highly predictable and there's no pattern to them. So the interesting thing and the challenging thing about being a CEO is that, you know, every day is a different day. You know, every week and every quarter provides different challenges and opportunities. And if you're into that, it's a little bit of a high wire act. Uh, if you're into, you know, that kind of challenge and those kinds of opportunities and all the risks and rewards that come along with it, then you probably enjoy being a CEO. But there is no typical day. Take a small break from this recap and hear a word from our sponsors. This year, we've done a few virtual training events. I think we could do something for 2022 as well. How about we do them quarterly next year? That is a great idea. We'll do one in February, one in May, one in August, and one in November. I'm thinking 49 bucks a piece again. What do you think? I like that. But I want to do something special for our listeners. How about we do a season pass for just 150 bucks? That's right. Basically, buy three, get one free. Dang, that is a heck of a deal. I like it. I'm in. Count me in. Dates and specific topics we'll deal with as we get closer to each virtual training event because we know stuff changes out in the wild and we don't want to step on any other, I don't know, podcasts, webinars, or calls. How about you, Sam? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Listen, as soon as this podcast is over, go to trainwithbty.com and buy as many of them as you'd like for 2022 or the smart money is buying the season pass. I like that. The season pass for 150 bucks gets you access to all four of the virtual training events at trainwithbty.com. Episode number 11 finally got Drew and I in the very same room for a recording. And believe it or not, it was in front of a live studio audience of tens. We got to sit down with Emily and Dan Elwell. They let us know how important it is to have a strong circle of friends and confidants. What I hear you saying on your Zoom calls is it was less about building this and more about peer mentoring, that you're on with other like franchisees. Honestly, the last eight to nine months when we got together with this group, we have all just seriously bonded. And it's been an amazing friendship that's built out of it. And, you know, we joke around that I've probably physically been in the room with some of these guys. 10 days my entire life and they feel like family. They feel like best friends. Yeah, it's a heck of a good group from what I've seen. I mean, when you get together a group of franchisee superstars and heck, even one of them's a rock star, it's just amazing the things that you can learn from each other and continue to build your own businesses. And I think it's probably a good place for you guys to probably offload some baggage sometimes, which you never want to do to your team because we always gripe up. And when you become a franchisee, there's no longer anywhere to gripe up. So you have to gripe parallel with franchisees. So I think that's probably a good outlet for you too. Has that been the case? You hit the nail on the head. 
absolutely. It's been, we've been leaning on each other this, this whole time and just talking about how rough the last year has been on the teams, what we're seeing in the stores. And, and honestly, this, this whole conference was just about rewarding our GM and giving them that well-deserved pat on the back for making it through the roughest year we've ever had. In episode 12, we got to go back onto the CEO bus and talk with Patrick Doyle. Besides some Browns insults, he did call this year as the year for UM football. We also talked about how to go from GM to DM. I think people can generate very good numbers as a general manager in a store and still have a bad leadership style. It doesn't work when they become a district manager. When they're a supervisor of, you know, six or eight stores, it just doesn't work anymore. And the and the reason for that is, you know, when I was running Team USA, I I made some early mistakes and it's kind of what taught me this, which was, you know, if we needed a new district manager, fundamentally, the easiest thing to do was to look at the general manager who had the best numbers and promote them. Right. And it's like, okay, if they're doing a great job of running a, you know, one unit, they'll be able to teach everybody else how to, how to run their units as well. And the problem with that, and what I found out was there were some people who were running stores, getting great results who, for lack of a better term, were bullies. They could run it very hard without engaging their team very effectively and get great results because all of those people were, you know, except when they were out on runs, were, you know, were within 10 or 20 feet of them in the store. And so they were kind of control freaks. And we're telling everybody what to do and they could actually be effective with that. They could actually get good numbers. But the problem is when you become a a supervisor and you're running a group of stores, you're not with those people. Most of the time, you've got to be developing people who are good leaders in their in their own right. And the physical distance means the old approach to your leadership just simply doesn't work anymore. If you're successful at that. I will tell you, I never made a mistake promoting the best supervisor to be a director of operations running 50 stores and having, you know, six you know, or seven district managers reporting to them. It's the same skill set. In the second part of our Patrick Doyle interview, he talked about the importance of the daily grind of operations. And in Good to Great, Jim Collins says that Technology is an accelerator. It shouldn't be your hedgehog principle. I think that sometimes we've changed from a pizza company that dabbles in technology to a technology company that's dabbling in pizza. And don't get me wrong. I think everything we've rolled out technology-wise is doing an amazing job. But for me, I want to make sure that you know all of our franchisees and all of our operators understand that people are using OLO to order pizza and that rim size portion placement bake (laughs) still got to be important. Yeah. What do we need to do to make sure that people understand that the fundamentals are still the cornerstones of the business, that product service and image, although very boring and very tedious. And as you said, grinding execution on a daily basis, how do we get that back to the forefront? So people understand that, while we're rolling out cutting edge and while we're rolling out drivers with DSS and GPS that we've still got to make a great pizza. 
Yeah. Well, so the first thing is, it's interesting you, you raised this because I have seen myself kind of secondhand quoted a number of times as saying we're a technology company that happens to sell pizza. I really don't believe I ever said that. I, and, and, you know, I challenge you or, or anybody who's listening to the podcast to find tape of me actually saying that. Listen, I'm smart enough not to take a challenge from you. No, that's, no, no, that's no, not going to happen. Take it because I know I'm actually kind of curious because me, I don't know, maybe it happened once, but I don't think so. I do believe that we needed in Ann Arbor with our technology team and at some level ops and marketing and, and others would feed in from an order taking perspective first that we did need to think like a technology company, right? And, you know, we needed to benchmark ourselves against the very best against the Amazons and, you know, and, and people like that, that phrase always kind of bothered me because to me, it was minimizing the hardest part of what we do. I think about it and our business as, as really doing fundamentally three things. We take orders, we make pizzas, and we get them to our customers, right? And what I do think is important about what we have been doing as a system and as a company is we have taken each of those three and we've kind of started to take them apart and say, okay, how do we get best in class at all three of those things? The order taking process, I will tell you that I, you know, if I look at what's happening today in the business, there's one thing I'm a little disappointed about, which is we are not 100% digital yet. I thought we were going to get there by now. The reason I think that's so important is not necessarily because, as we all know, digital orders are better, more profitable, et cetera. But it's not so much about that because, look, if you're at 75, 80% digital, the, the gain you get from directly from adding that last 20 or 25% is nice. It will improve your business. But I think what's far more important is what it means in the store for people to be able to focus on the food. And the fact that, you know, we could reach the point where no phone calls are coming into the store, I think will actually make us much better at making great, consistent food, right? It just simplifies things. In episode 14, we got to speak with Shane Casey, chairman of the DFA, and how he helped build vision. One of the coolest things about the DFA is that it is run by some of the best franchisees in the system in terms of guidance. Uh, Ken's got a great staff that every day wakes up and tries to find vendors and or you know, solutions to problems. But the guidance of that board, you know, 14, 15 folks that sit on there, some of the top names in, in the system really are thinking forward all the time. And what's next? Often we as owners are very caught up in the day to day, right? You know, the how do we manage through this shift today? How are we going to manage next month? But the DFA is looking down the road, further down range, to look for potential issues that might come and then find resources that can help to solve those. And it's, it's exciting to be a part of that process and know that as we bring things in, that those franchisees are able to use those to better their restaurant, better the situation with their team members, or potentially mitigate some of the risks associated with operating these restaurants. Episode 15, we got to sit down with our former boss, Stan Gage. And wait for it, 
he talked about the importance of positive energy. What is the thing that you've taken out of it that maybe gave your greatest learning moment where you looked at it and said, okay, I need to do this different. Positive energy brings positive results. It's really easy when things are going bad to just join the fellowship of the miserable, as Dave Brandon once called it, and just complain and gripe. And you, you start to feel better about yourself if others are complaining with you and you almost join this camaraderie of the fellowship of the miserable. And you feel good about that for a moment. And then you wake up and you're like, man, this, this still sucks. I'm still negative in sales or my service is still bad or my store is still dirty or whatever. And until you attack it with positive energy, you're not going to get positive results. And that's the biggest mindset shift that happened to me during all those tough periods of our brand's history. In episode 16, we got to speak to supervisor of the year, Jeremy Hill. And he got to talk to us about managing the future and making franchisees out of GMs. As I was driving around town, I saw a sign for uh, hiring future general managers. And I thought it'd be cool to manage the future. So I, uh, I went there and uh, kind of the rest is history. I've... Tell them what your BHAG was. Yeah, so a BHAG is a big, hairy, audacious goal. Now, the first time I heard it, I actually thought it what they said a a big, hairy, audacious gal. And I thought they were talking about my mom. Um, so I was going to introduce everybody, but it, it turns out a big, hairy, audacious goal. And my big, hairy, audacious goal was that uh, I want to speak on the Vegas rally stage at some point in my career. The mini rally that we got to do in St. Louis, there were some awesome franchisees who put that together. People like Anthony Satterwhite, Emily Elwell, Jimmy Rudlinger, and Sheldon Port, Mike Harding, Alan Irwin, they got together and put together a small mini rally in St. Louis. I got to speak on the stage there twice. And it was, you know, to me that if I never get the chance to speak in Vegas, I won't feel like I didn't hit my goal because there was a fantastic group of, of general managers. Um, and I'm very passionate about GMs to spend some time doing that. And, and if I had one career goal, it's going to help, you know, going to help dominoes people uh, you know reach their career goals that's that's probably what i'm most passionate about and i get that from my franchisees art and marty that is if you were to ask them what they do they would tell you that's what they do uh, they they make franchisees out of general managers in episode 18 since we did the supervisor of the year we figured we would do the trainer of the year and talk to stephanie sigwald about well the cutting edge environment overall i can see why they're scared Change is a horribly scary thing, especially when you take something so fundamental that we've done in our business of labeling the pizzas and pre-folding boxes that you can't imagine life without it. So if you start saying there's no labels, you go, but how does everything work? And your brain just kind of explodes because you can't imagine it. So the best advice that I have for those people is to see it in person. It works in low volume, in high volume stores, in understaffed stores or stores that are incredibly staffed and have everybody doing a specific job. It works there too. It's just so much better because it uses the labor more efficiently where you're not wasting time folding boxes in the back or you're not coming in in the morning and basically, you know, getting upset at the closing crew because they didn't leave you stocked up and you have to waste time to do that. It's just so much easier. And once you see it in person, everything just kind of clicks and you realize, oh, 
that's how that works. And it makes it so much easier. And I definitely look at the Facebook page and I'm so happy that the people have shifted in their mentality. Whereas a year ago, when someone would bring up cutting edge, it would be like, oh my gosh, this is never going to work. I hate this. How does it even do? Blah, 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 blah. Where now the posts are, hey, my labels are broken. And everybody's answer is, do cutting edge. (laughs) You know, like everybody now is like getting on board where it's becoming so much better of an environment, even on the Facebook page. Episode 19, we stayed on that RPM train and we actually talked to real trainers, not the trainer of the year. We talked to Margaret Jackson and Brooke Fleming. They let us in on the secret of the importance of certified trainers. And no, they didn't mean themselves. We found that having a DM or one of our field trainers teach that freshman or sophomore class, it's around how to run a shift or how to, how to do a self OER. They have, they have the stories. Right. So that's really helpful when they're teaching. Um, but that was something, and, and Brooke talked about like having the certified trainers. That was really an important piece that we had to correct. You know, at one time, any DM could teach a, a class and we have amazing DMs, but every DM strength isn't, isn't facilitating and teaching a class. And so once we recognized that and we started doing certified trainer classes that were less around how to build a PowerPoint and more around how to engage the room. We've got, we got so much feedback, positive feedback from folks about, you know, wow, like the team members are getting so much more because the folks who were teaching the classes, they really liked doing it. So (laughs) that's kind of a thing. (laughs) In episode 20, we got to talk to Sheldon Port, rock star franchisee. And now gold for any winner. And we talked about moving GMs forward. What we're facing today is really getting back to the basics because of the growth that we've had so fast. Getting these new GMs. You know, I have six, seven GMs right now, I think, that are under a year and half of them are under six months. So getting them to really understand what made me fall in love with the brand. And what made me succeed with the brand more so. So that's the biggest challenge that we're facing today is just really figuring out a way to get back to the basics. And one thing that I'm strongly working on is, is trying to work on the systems to get my GMs back to, I'm calling it like a covered in cornmeal time to where we have like 30 hours of, of kind of covered in cornmeal time and then 10, 15, 10 to 15 hours of admin time so that these guys have time to breathe. Because the GM position as it exists today exists almost the same as it did 20 years ago. And sales have, you know, obviously gone way up and we've added so many different menu items and all these things. So the job has changed so much, but yet we still are having our GMs GM the same way. So I'm really focused on trying to create a new way of our GMs to be thinking and moving our brand forward. How are you helping them get out of that cornmeal? We're actually in the process. We have a, uh, I guess you'd call it a test store. We're only two weeks in at this point. This is kind of a dream that I've had in mind. But I had, a, I had a GM reach out to me and it was, you know, stress. The work-life balance wasn't there. And we had to talk about it. And I, I said, email me, email me all your thoughts and, and everything. And he did. And I didn't disagree with one thing that he had. You know, he, we expect them to respond to our emails and, and be doing these things. And it's just like, these guys are in their stores 50, 60 hours a week if they're lucky, you know, and it's that many, they get to only work 50 hours. and. Uh, a tenure GM of, you know, three plus years can figure their way through that and they can fight their way through that because they've seen it 
a six month GM doesn't even know their job, let alone, you know, how to push people through that. So, you know, to answer your question, we're, we're kind of in the early phases of this, but me as an owner, I just, you know, it has to come to a point where I just got to eat a little payroll on this to understand that this is our next step in the evolution of this brand. If we're going to stop treading water or drowning in some of these instances that we got to really rethink how our stores are being ran because essentially they're being ran the exact same way under completely different stressful conditions of, of 2021. In episode 21, we dove right into the deep end of the RPM pool and we talked to the one and only Glenn Mueller. We got a history lesson from the beginning of Domino's all the way till present. And to wrap that one up, we asked Glenn, what's different about the brand and what's the same? So Glenn, as you think back over the 40 years and Domino's Pizza is obviously a little bit different today than, than when we started back in the 80s. What do you think is different about the brand today? And what do you think is the same? Well, I think what is different today is the type of partnership with the franchisor. Uh, and just because of the size and the complexity and but the amount of investment that Domino's has put back in, back into the brand. For instance, I believe they have 400 people in technology or something. It's a, it's a crazy number, you know, and to that investment into Paul's power and, and all of the uh, enhancements. Um, I think there's 46 computer or devices in the store of some technology component. Anyhow, so what's different, what's, what's different in the brand today is I think the level of um, fact-based decision-making, you know, of course, there's more information available today, computers and stuff like that, but they made the investment and I think they're ahead of our competitors. So they're very uh, more forward thinking uh, and, and being able to uh, bring a lot of resources and knowledges back to the franchisees so we can make more fact-based decisions. They're giving us a lot of tools to help us execute, whether it's like, all, you know, the GPS, DSS, and all those different things. But um, so I, I would say that's one thing that as the brand's grown, they've done some really great things in reinvesting back into the brand. The thing that I think is the same is this, the, the, the culture of wanting to be the best, of constant improvement, of just being the best at serving our customers and having awesome franchisees that are, are engaged in the business. You, you have to work your full time and efforts in the business. And I was I actually worked up at Donald's Pizza for a little bit as vice president of Pizzazz and in different things I was at. And I was the first vice president of franchise uh, operations back in 1989, um, uh, 90. But anyhow, is, we experimented or they experimented that time as outside franchises, bringing in outside franchisees because they needed to grow. And we're trying to, maybe we could, maybe we could open in uh, stadiums or, you know, that type of thing or other types of venues or carry out only stores, or airports or something like that. So they're looking for ways to grow and that, Hey, let's bring in people from the outside. So I, I think they learned really quickly that that didn't work and that the, that the manager and the franchisee are the key to this business. The, the store manager, and then you've got to have great franchisees that are engaged in the business. If they start getting involved in other businesses or not really engaged at the store level, 
they're going to wind up being an F franchisee. So I think that's, that's something that I say would be the same. And then I think I mentioned the things that I thought, you know, were different. In episode 22, we got to speak with John Glass. And John, it ain't easy, but it's worth it. Talked about perseverance. I've had people ask me what keeps me going. And I have the same issues that a lot of people have. Uh, there's a lot of days I start to get out of bed and I said, I can pull my covers over my head and go back to sleep. But that doesn't get any. So uh, I'm not the brightest, smartest, or most talented person, but I've always been convinced no one can. No one can work harder than I can, and no one can be more excited about the opportunity to overcome. And how many times people have quit just before a big win? I mean, in all of those cases I've talked to you about, we've had things that changed our business from uh, 2010 to we had things that happened in 2014. The sales from the COVID have been incredible for us. So out of every storm has become a a blessing that's been incredible for us. And uh, you just got to keep going through the storm to get to the blessing. And that wraps up our interviews for 2021. We are so grateful to each and every one of the guests we had on for 2021. We are very excited about the guests we've got lined up for 2022. If you're listening now and you haven't been a guest yet, stick by the phone. It could ring at any moment. And if you want to be a guest, message us. Tell us why we should have you on. How can you make this better? Well, you know, I got to be honest, that's a really low bar. So if you message us, you would probably make this better. <laughs> hey, I take offense to that. <laughs> How about a little Willie to bring us back? Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends. You know, the best part about reviewing all the interviews and listening to our guests was hearing how much sometimes you talk, Sam. <laughs> I'm like, wow, we're 14 minutes into this interview and I haven't spoken yet. And I thought for a second, maybe it's the way that Lucas doesn't edit, but no, no, it's just occasionally you get super excited and you just go and go. And it's amazing. And I'm so happy to be a part of this. And then sometimes I'm like, anytime I can talk would be super. It'd be amazing. Thankfully, you mute yourself now and then I get a chance. Drew, that's very well said. I do have the gift of gab. And uh, I, I'll just apologize to you now for all of 2021. And um, I'm going to get my first apology for 2022 out. It probably ain't going to change. Uh, but as far as on the road again, no, I'm just going to start running you over and talking over you. Where have you been, Sam? Well, I already covered that. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> Where are you going? So, uh, Where am I going? Where are you 2022, going? 2022, uh, thankfully, I've got a couple clients lined up. So I know I'm going to be heading to California, going to be heading to Kentucky, going to be heading to Ohio. But what I'm really excited about are the clients that I haven't lined up yet. Looking forward to getting those emails and those messages and those phone calls for folks that are ready to make 2022 the year of people, the year of development, and get into some high-quality consultant training that both you and I deliver. So I'm really looking forward to that. Always looking forward to seeing my current clients and the guys that have been with us since the beginning, uh, but love to meet some new guys and gals out there in the Domino's world this year and get an opportunity to talk to your folks. 
How about you, Drew? What's uh, on tap for 2022? Well, it looks like I'm going to be going back to Tennessee and helping out uh, Brian Hamilton some more. Uh, Virginia and helping out Kenny Cobbs and Kevin Shaw. Ohio as well. I understand that Anthony is hiring more people and more people. And by the way, he's hiring more people. Is he hiring more people? I think he's hiring more people. Like as we're talking, he's hired four more people. That's fantastic. And that was Anthony Satterwhite? That was Anthony Satterwhite. In case you know, you know. I've also got a gig lined up to go back out to Seattle and work with the farmers a second round with their supervisors. Nice. Like you, Sam, I want to go to the places I haven't been. Um, So if, if you're listening and you're looking for a way to take your stuff to the next level, well, that would be Sam. And if you're looking to be better than yesterday, that would be me. We've always got spots. Um, I know I'm doing more and more virtual work as the, the pandemic ebbs and flows. The virtual work works. I'll be more than happy to continue doing webinars or better than yesterday university as well. So that's, that's where I'm at, Sam, and that's where I'm heading. Lots of stuff lined up and still so much open space to fill. I love what you said there about the webinars and the virtual stuff. I think what you're going to get with both Drew and I is you're going to let us know what you need and we're going to give you a solution that's going to work for your team, whether that be in person, whether that be on the web, whether that be virtual, we're going to come up with a solution that's going to work for your team and absolutely take them to the next level and make them better than yesterday. So give either one of us a call. We would love to help you out. With that said, hey, thank you so much for listening. We'd love it if you shared these episodes with your friends, like them, follow us and subscribe. This has been the 2021 year in review of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I'm Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I'm Sam with Fowler Consulting. Go out some more pizzas and have more fun. That's all, folks.